Hey there, and welcome back to By His Grace Marriage Ministry Podcast. My name is Amanda, and today I'm going to be doing part one of a three-part episode on a closer look or study of Ephesians chapter five regarding marriage. So I'm going to do this in three parts so that I don't make a super long episode. I don't want my episodes to be too long, Um, but I'm going to be looking at respect, submission, and agape love. Now, I know I did um, a recent episode on agape love. It was kind of a generalization in marriage, but the reason why I'm going to be talking about agape love for a second time is because of what it says in scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, specifically verse 25. And that's going to be the episode or part that I'm going to start with today. We're going to take a closer look at a husband's agape love for his wife. So that will be part one for today. Before I get started, I want to first say that I will be reading scripture from the Scriptures Bible Institute for Scripture Research. So it's going to have a bit of different wording from maybe what you may be used to if you read more of a, you know, um, New King James Version or NIT or NLT. This is just a little bit closer to Hebrew. I will do my best to um, try to explain if there's any words that maybe you might not be familiar with. Um, And so Messiah means Christ as well. So I'm going to be saying that a lot for those of you who are not familiar with that. So just so you know, I'm also going to be using the book Marriage God's Way by Scott LaPierre. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, I've already read from this book a couple of times. And I will be utilizing it again for the next three parts, actually. So, and I just want to say that I do not own the rights or copyrights or anything to this book. I did not write this book. (laughs) I'm not the author to this book. I'm just simply sharing what the author has put as um, I agree wholeheartedly with what he has written. I believe it to be Holy Spirit led and filled. And I want to share it with the rest of you. All right, so with that being said, let's jump right in. Again, this is part one of a three-part episode, taking a closer look at Ephesians chapter 5 in regards to marriage, and this is a husband's agape love for his wife. So to start, I'm going to go ahead and read from scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 22 and read all the way down to verse 33. It says, Wives, subject yourselves to your own husbands as to the master, because the husband is head of the wife, as also the Messiah is head of the assembly, and he is savior of the body. But as the assembly is subject to the Messiah, assembly also means church, so also let the wives be to their own husbands in every respect. Husbands, love your wives, as Messiah also did love the the assembly and gave himself for it. In order to set it apart and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, in order to present it to himself a splendid assembly, not having spot or wrinkle or any of this sort, but that it might be set apart and blameless. Verse 28. In this way, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but feeds and cherishes it as also the master does the assembly. Because we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. 
This secret is great, but I speak concerning the Messiah and the assembly. However, you too, everyone, let each one love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she reverence or fears her husband. Okay, so that is the scripture that we're going to be taking a closer look at. And in this part, we're going to specifically look at Ephesians 5.25. So again, husbands, love or agape your wives, just as the Messiah also loved or agape the assembly or the church and gave himself for it. Okay, so a husband should model his relationship with his bride after the Messiah's relationship with his bride. When we look at the verse, we see the definition of agape love. The words quote-unquote, gave himself for her, or for it, reveals the sacrificial nature of the Messiah's agape love. The Messiah gave everything he had, including his own life, and that is the standard of unreserved, selfless, sacrificial love that husbands are commanded to have for their wives. Also, the absence of the word, quote-unquote, if, demonstrates the unconditional nature of the Messiah's agape love. So the verse does not say, husbands, love your wives if. Since the Messiah loves the church unconditionally, a husband is commanded to love his wife unconditionally. So, for example, the Messiah loves the church when the church does not submit or when the church does not love him in return or disrespects him. So a husband should love his wife if she does not submit, if she does not love him in return, or disrespects him. When a husband is upset with his wife, he needs to remind himself of the love that the Messiah has for his bride. A love that loves regardless of what the bride has or has not done. Now, in my previous episode on agape love, I did mention that it is, you know, Agape love is reciprocated, um, or agape love is there even when it's not reciprocated, excuse me. Okay. So the author goes on to say, okay, so this is a male author, um, excuse me, a male author. He says, so how do we husbands put into daily practice the standard the Messiah has set? If 100 people were asked what it looks like for a husband to love his wife, we would likely hear 100 different answers, and most of them being secular or worldly. So some examples might be, you know, buying her expensive jewelry, taking her to fancy restaurants, whisking her away on exotic vacations, making sure she has, you know, all the name brand stuff, impressive home, car, and all those kind of things. So in general, the secular world suggests the husband's love for his wife is actually demonstrated through material accomplishments. This is why, in our modern-day society, husbands can be viewed as a complete failure in the world's eyes, but while being a great husband in God's eyes, or the reverse, a great husband in the world's eyes while being a complete failure in God's eyes. So the good news is, at least for husbands, is that husbands do not have to buy their wives anything expensive or glamorous to be pleasing to God. The bad news is that spending lots of money is much easier than doing what God actually requires. So what is the true strength that is needed? You know, 
A lot of people, especially after hearing something like this, might think, how can I do this? You know, how can I love someone unconditionally? Okay. So mental, emotional, and most importantly, spiritual strength is needed to be a good husband and father. So when your family is experiencing a trial and they look to you for strength, for example, the amount that you lift in the gym could not be more irrelevant. Because at the moment, what is needed is, is that mental, emotional, and spiritual strength that the family can draw on. Okay? So likewise, when a wife is discouraged, defeated, or depressed, she does not need a man who can bench press 300 pounds. She needs a husband who can say, how can I pray for you? Let me pray with you. Would you like to read some scripture together or maybe a few Psalms? This is a really difficult time, but with the help of Yeshua, I know we can make it through this. So oftentimes husbands need to ask themselves, are you willing to take responsibility when things do not go well in your family? Because when your family suffers as the head of your home and family, you need to be there for them. And then you got to ask yourself, are you willing to accept the blame? So if that husband answers no to any of those, then they do not yet have the strength necessary to get married. Because being a husband requires having the strength to hold up the family when things are difficult and take responsibility when things do not go well. I know it sounds like a lot, but husbands, this, this, is, this is what God gave you. <laughs> this is the headship he gave you. This is the calling he gave you. This is, this is part of the roles he gave you as well. Now, certainly a husband who takes care of his wife physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially may appear to be a very loving husband. And these are, these are aspects of loving well. But if that husband does not take care of his wife spiritually, his love is actually incomplete. So agape love also includes sanctifying and cleansing. Okay, as we read, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word okay so this verse discusses the effect of the Messiah's love on his bride the church is sanctified and cleansed since the relationship between the Messiah and the church is meant to serve and as a parallel and as an example for husbands with their wives this obligates husbands to sanctify and cleanse their wives. A husband is at least partially responsible for the sanctification of his wife. As Messiah prepares a pure bride, so husbands must prepare pure wives. The sanctifying and cleansing takes place through washing by the word of God. So we see this in John chapter 15 verse 3 and we also see this in John chapter 17 verse 17. So for husbands, there are a number of ways for you to quote unquote, wash your wife with the word. So if any of you out there are wondering what that might look like, here are some examples for you. 
okay? You can take your wife consistently to a Bible teaching church. It is tragic when husbands who are called to be spiritual leaders in their marriages do not make one of the most basic and foundational practices of the Christian life, which is corporate worship, you know, of the Lord's day. It's a priority. Now, most churches have Bible studies, whether in Sunday school or home fellowships that place couples in a position to have God's word wash over them. Husbands can have Christian radio programs playing or simply listen to an audio Bible in the home or while driving. Read God's word with your wife. I have had men tell me I don't know how to read the Bible with my wife. If a man can read, he can read the Bible with his wife. Choose a book and start and start at a chapter. Whatever verse you stop at is where you pick up next time. Make God's word a priority in your marriage. While I would never say Christians cannot have televisions, it is worth considering what brings a couple together most often. Is it the television, movies, some other activity, or is it the word of God? Okay, so that's just a couple of examples um, on how husbands can help you know, lead their wives spiritually and, um, and wash them with the word. Okay. Now a husband also sets the standard for holiness. So a husband living an unholy life cannot help his wife with her holiness. If husbands are commanded to have a sanctification influence on their wives, it can only make sense that each husband must maintain a high standard of holiness in his own life. It is not the wife's responsibility to establish the spiritual atmosphere of the home. That responsibility belongs to the husband. It's a God-given role that has been given to the husband. So husbands are responsible for what comes into the home and what influences their family. Husbands are responsible for what the family watches. Husbands are responsible for what the family listens to. They are responsible for how the family speaks and jokes to one another and to others. They are responsible for what kind of company the family keeps. They are responsible for how the family dresses. They are also responsible for how the family spends their time. They are responsible for how their family, for what their family does uh, recreationally, excuse me. And they're also responsible for how involved the family is within the church. Okay. Okay, so husbands need to make an effort to know or understand their wives as well. This is important, okay? So a husband gets the wife, he prepares for himself, okay? Because Ephesians 5.27 continues the description of the Messiah sanctifying and cleansing the church, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So there is a tremendous truth contained in these words. Messiah does what he does in verse 26, sanctifying and cleansing the church so that he can obtain for himself the glorious church or bride described in verse 27 that has no spot or wrinkle, but is holy and without blemish. Okay. Now the ESV version says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. Here's the simplest way to sum it all up. Messiah gets to church, he prepares for himself. 
Since this is again a picture for husbands and wives, what else is the Apostle Paul implying by this truth? Just as Yeshua gets to church he prepares for himself, husbands generally get the wives they prepare for themselves. Wives respond well to love, holiness, and obedience to God's word. And when husbands treat their wives forgivingly, lovingly, and tenderly, they will generally receive more forgiving, loving, and tender wives. When husbands treat their wives unforgivingly, unlovingly, and harshly, they generally find themselves with wives who are less forgiving, loving, and tender, and also less likely for their wife to submit unto them. And I'm going to go more into that in part two. Okay, so rather than be cruel or harsh toward their wives, some husbands are more likely to be um, ap- apathetic, I think is how you say that, or indifferent. So they take no interest in their wives. They do not invest in their wives. They are often annoyed with them. And this is something that we'll look further into as well. Um, but for now, it's worth noting that verse 7 commands husbands to dwell with their wives with understanding. Now this is in 1 Peter chapter 3. Okay, so this is where I said husbands need to make an effort to know or understand their wives. This is what allows wives to blossom and grow. When husbands are uninter- when excuse me, when husbands are uninterested in their wives, they end up with cold, bitter, and frustrated wives. Okay? So this is why this is so 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 important okay okay so um, God commands it one great reason for a husband to take his wife to church read the word with her pray with her and help her grow spiritually is that he will receive a more spiritually mature wife so what kind of qualities will be produced as a result Galatians 5 and 23 talks about this the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So conversely, husbands who do not lead their wives spiritually will get wives who may be less spiritual. Now I'm going to say who may be less spiritual because there are cases, myself included, where the wives are actually more spiritual than the husbands. Okay? The roles are reversed. Okay? And so, what is the opposite of spiritual? It's fleshly. So, for example, in, in um, not Genesis, in Galatians 5, 19-22, it lists the works of the flesh. So, here are a few examples. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, envy, and even adultery. Okay? So, how many husbands see these works in their wives because they themselves are poor spiritual leaders? Or how many wives might be more spiritually mature if their husbands were praying for them, as well as praying and reading the Bible with them? So, husbands generally reap what they sow in marriage. If husbands will invest in their wives by sowing seeds of love and interest, If they will plant spiritual seeds of sanctification, they will reap what they have sown. So let's look at two truths, okay? Foremost, husbands ought to sanctify and cleanse their wives because that is what God commands and husbands will be held accountable for doing so. Husbands ought to love their wives and lead them well so that they might have loving spiritual wives 
The good news is that God's command to husbands benefits them as much as it benefits their wives. A husband who loves his wife as God commands will bring great blessings to himself. Kind of like Proverbs 18, I think it's 18.22, where it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Right? So I was talking about this yesterday in my episode that a man, you know, uh, steps into favor after his marriage and he also steps into blessings. Okay? Okay, and lastly, actually, no, not lastly, second to last, almost there. (laughs) Um, Another thing to look at is a husband's concern for his wife. Okay? So we are going to look at, just one moment, let me... Okay, so for example, since Adam knew Eve came from him, looking at her was like looking at himself. Loving Eve was like loving himself. When Adam took care of Eve's physical needs, he was caring for his own body. Literally, since her body had earlier been his body. Her flesh was his flesh. There can be little doubt that Paul had Adam and Eve in mind when he wrote the words of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 and verse 29. That read, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So Paul's connection to Adam and Eve becomes even clearer when we consider that he finishes his instruction to husbands by quoting Genesis 2.24 in Ephesians 5.31. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So just as Adam saw saw Eve as an extension of his own bone and flesh, so God wants all husbands to see their wives as extensions of themselves. A husband should care for his wife as well as he cares for himself, since he views her body as part of his body. When he loves her, he is loving himself. And since no husband hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, Husbands should offer their wives the same concern and devotion that they would lavish on themselves. Okay, so last thing. So the nourishing and cherishing. In Ephesians 5.29, we are given the twin responsibilities of husbands, which is nourish, refers to taking care of our wives spiritually. The original Greek word is ektropho which means to nourish up to maturity or to nurture. The word occurs only two times in scripture, both in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The other occurrence is in Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up, there's that word, ektropho, in the training and admonition of the Messiah. So it is interesting that each usage of this word references how a husband should, should spiritually nourish the most important people in his life which are his wife and children. So the second word, cherish, denotes taking care of their wives, physically, mentally, and emotionally. It refers to being tenderly affectionate, warm, and comforting. So here's a couple of questions that husbands might actually ask themselves concerning their wives. So husbands, are you as concerned about how your wife is doing as you are about how you are doing? Are you as concerned about how much sleep your wife is getting as about how much you are getting? When your wife is sick, are you as concerned about how she's doing as you are about yourself when you are sick? 
And are you as concerned about your wife's overworking herself as you are about overworking yourself? Because if a husband loves his wife as his own body, the answer to these questions should be yes. So we have ideas of what a husband should be willing to do for his wife out of agape love. But God's ideas are very different from, I'm sorry, we have ideas of what a husband should be willing to do for his wife, but God's ideas are very different from ours as it is out of agape love. We hope that any husband would be willing to jump in front of a car to save his wife. A husband has likely imagined someone breaking into his home and considered how he would protect his wife, even at the cost of his own life. Yet when it comes to daily living, even heroic men are often less valiant in their willingness to lay aside their own agendas for the sake of their wives. So what does this look like practically? It looks like sacrifice. It means giving up things a husband would not have to give up if he did not have a wife. This could be sleep, free time, sports, video games, television, time with friends, you name it. It means putting aside anything that prevents a husband from loving and caring for his wife the way he loves and cares for himself, which is agape love. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Again, this was going over a husband's agape love for his wife. This is part one. And I will be doing part two in just a little bit, and I will be going over respect. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk with you all soon.